I don't want to be a part of anything, anything cool or、um, some hierarchy. I want to be, you know, I might be a misfit, but other people are too. And I think most people are when we don't have our mask on or pretend to be someone we're not. Welcome to episode twenty-one of the Flying Football. A platform dedicated to the exploration, discussion of art, and the creative process. In this episode, I had the chance to talk to the incredible Ryan Dienhaus. Ryan is an artist based in Germany whose work encompasses a wide range of themes and mediums. Currently, he creates highly detailed pen and ink drawings that explore the way that meaning can be found when combining words and images. This is the first part of a two-part interview, so、I、really hope you enjoy.、It. The place I start with everybody, as you are going to be well aware, is tell us a bit about yourself and how you became an artist. Well,、um, my mom likes to tell the story、um, from when I was in kindergarten,、um, and everyone, like all the kids, had to draw a stick man. <laughs> and it was a super easy task just to see how the kids would react. And everyone was done in five seconds. I was still sitting there after ten minutes, and <laughs> the people were like. He's slow. Like they were talking to my mom. He's a bit slow.、Uh, actually, what I was doing, I was adding fingernails to my stick man and paying extreme attention to detail. I don't remember that, but my mom keeps telling me whenever I draw something super detailed. So, I guess、um, they didn't see it back then. They thought I was slow and didn't do the task well. When in reality, I was doing it too well and spent too much time on details. The same way I do it now. So I think I've always been that way.、Um, I graduated in art in school.、Um, also went to art school. So I guess I'm just an artist. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, it's interesting because you're self-taught as opposed to being like formally trained, like and having a degree.、Yeah. And I kind of、yeah. want to ask you, ask you a bit about that in terms of like, why didn't you decide to pursue education and art as opposed to getting a degree, for instance? Well,、um, when I when I had、um, art class in school, or when I was in art school,、um, I always had that talent of not doing what the teacher wanted me to do. <laughs> like I got inspired by what they told me, but then I did it my way.、Um, so I'm not really good at following <laughs> those tasks, but I do my own thing and just studying art.、Um, I think it's cool. Maybe I'm gonna do it someday, but for now, I feel like it's more liberating and more creative to just do art the way I want to, and not the way that people want me to do art,、uh, or the way that's the correct way to do art that I should do art.、Um, that all the old masters did art. Maybe I just want to be me for a little while. Yeah, that's a really interesting consideration, though, because I think there is no right way to do art. And I think exactly <laughs> sometimes the formal educational system. I think it can be quite. Rest- I, for my opinion, my personal opinion, because I I did a degree of photography,、um, it can be quite restrictive because you're working to a, a certain brief or like a certain、um, pre-described. Oh, this is what you need to be. You need to get A, B, and C to pass. And I think that's not what art's like. Art is you know widely creative, and you're meant to be able to do whatever you want. And、uh, do you think you managed to avoid that by? Kind of being more self-taught and not actually doing that. Yeah, I just, I guess I just hate limits.、Um, yeah. I also noticed that during lockdown,、um, when all the the stores were closed,、yeah. 
I, I never wanted to go to those stores, but as soon as they were closed, <laughs> I was like, damn, I want to do that. Like, I, I love breaking the limits um, um, to a certain degree, breaking the rules, especially in the art world. Um, you know, I also do the candle wax art. Um, that's something no one else does. That's something no one would tell me to do because I, I got burned a lot of times <laughs> doing that. It's not the smart thing to do, but it's what I want to do. Um, it's fun. So I just want to explore and not do what teachers tell me to do. I think that's quite interesting, though, because I think it says a lot about you as a person then. So it, it's quite nice that your personal approach to life is reflected within your art as opposed to just being like, I'm just going to do what people tell me to do. And I think there is definitely a an adage or like just the general consensus that as soon as somebody tells you not to do something, you want to go and do it. Oh, um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and I think... Okay, then, actually, so talk about limitations, actually. So then how do you almost, how do you put limitations on yourself then in terms of, this might be jumping ahead a little bit, but like say if you want to create a piece of work, how do you know, oh, I'm going to do this and then not that? Or like you, you kind of have like a set idea. Like how do you kind of, actually, wait, let me rephrase that question. So it's like, so does, it's a question I've asked before, which I didn't write on the list. Does the fact that art is unlimited make it hard for you to know what to create? Yes, 100%, because I want to do everything at the same time. And sometimes I realize that I'm only one person, only one artist, and I can only do so much. Um, just a few days ago, I had um, an update call with my designer. Um, she recently joined my team during the whole Jack Daniels cooperation. And I, I told her all the things I had on my mind. It was an endless list. I was like, okay, we have to choose like two things that we have to do uh, for the next few months and then we can move on to the next few things but oh man i just wish there was more time <laughs> oh wow okay so that's actually really interesting i'm gonna write some us down here so what is the most challenging part of being an artist um that's a good question um i guess just being an artist itself is the biggest question because um people are always going to give you backlash and tell you not to do that, not to follow your dream. Um, yeah, I, I guess that's the most challenging part, especially the beginning. I would say, I would say, just starting, taking that first step, um, especially like admitting to yourself, okay, I'm an artist, I want to do art. I think that's something a lot of people can't even do because uh, maybe they have the wrong friends or the wrong family and they just won't support them. Like I have one friend, um, her parents wanted her to study law. And so she did that. And she, but she also wanted to do art, but she really told them really, really late um, because she also didn't want to disappoint them. But, but I don't know why art or being an artist should be a disappointment, especially in these days when you can just be a YouTuber or an influencer, or you have Instagram, like you have um, such good chances at, at being seen online. So I guess that's that's the most challenging part. And I think um, the longer you are an artist and the more you get comfortable with that, I think the easier it gets. I think that's actually a really great answer. I think that's such a great answer. And actually that's an answer that no one's given me before. So that's actually really interesting because it, because actually it's true. And, and it's something that I do discuss often with some people is that like there is a stigma to being an artist. 
you know, you, you know, it's even like me. It's like I don't really talk to my work colleagues about these interviews because they just don't care. Um, exactly, I mentioned, yeah. like, I mentioned a few people, and a few people are like, "Okay, that's really cool." And some people are quite enthusiastic about it. And I'm like, "Okay," and other people just do not care. Like there was this one guy at work who was just like, "Oh, people shouldn't go to to, to university for art. I think it's like it's a waste of time." And it's like, well, for you, it's a waste of time, but for them, it's not a waste of time. Exactly. We only have one one life. Just because you're boring, you want to stay at the same company for 50 years, that's your call. But like, not everybody wants to do that. You know, people want to experience the world and, and kind of do stuff. And yeah, you're right. We only have one life. So why would you waste it doing something you don't like? Exactly. You know? I, I just, I, <laughs> I knew super early on that I want to be an artist. And I was like, nah, it can always stay a hobby. Like, um, you know, how, how can you be an artist? I mean, you get no real education. And uh, I mean, I guess that's good, but sometimes, especially in the beginning stages, I sometimes I'd love to have a mentor or a teacher who's like, okay, Instagram works like this. The algorithm works like this. You should create um, like, like that. Or, um, you know, just some guidelines because yeah, you just have, um, you have to learn it all yourself, figure it out. <laughs> yeah, you're kind of left in the kind of, uh an artistic limbo where you kind of have to just figure out it and you kind of have just to try things and hope they work you know exactly and i'm, I'm still in that in those beginning stages um i've been a full-time artist for a year now and i still haven't set up an online shop or a website or a youtube account and it's all those little one-time things that you have to set up in the beginning it's it's everything you have to do in the beginning just to start to get a foundation i think that's the most challenging part i think i think that's a good point but then i also think you don't need those things necessarily because you don't if, have those things yeah, yeah no if you just want to be an artist you just need a pencil and a piece of paper but if you want to go big and increase your chances of being seen and really have, want to have an online presence i mean i'm talking uh, about myself here so yeah. I, I need I hope, a website. Hopefully. I'm, I'm not saying that everyone needs that. It's just yeah. um, on my to-do list currently. Yeah, because I think, and this is definitely something we'll talk about later, but I think being an artist is now being a business. There's almost yeah. no distinction. And I think that's part of the problem, I think, for, uh, you know, for, as, a kind of quite of an, as an outsider, I guess, as an outsider, I kind of guess, is like, there are people, and actually, I've listened to this really, really interesting podcast by an artist called, I think it's Laura Horn. I'll send it to you because it's really, really good. And she talks about this like different kind of artists. So like, there's an artist that's like super skilled, and you know, you look at their work and you just know you'll never do what they can do, and that impresses you. And there's artists who are like mentors because they show you their process and you feel like you know them. And there's another kind of artist who feels like they're your friend, but their work may not be that great, but because they're relatable, you like them more. And I think it's kind of interesting to consider that social media is not a one-size-fits-all i think and it's really 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 hard to forget like you you know you see someone like why do i use this example but like someone like jeff coons and he's like selling crazy you know selling you know questionably good art for crazy amounts of money and and then you're a bit like well why can't i do that or you're looking at like oh well how does he do that like he doesn't he's at a point now in his career where he doesn't even make the art himself it's like there's a huge distinction between being an art and being a business. Yeah, it was also not at this moment in time. So other than creating work, other than the actual art itself, what are the kind of mm -hmm. skills and hats do you have to wear as an artist? Uh, I, 
I guess you mainly just have to, I mean, if you're really, if you're really good, if you just want to be a happy artist, you just have to draw, you just need a pen or a pencil and paper or paint, whatever you're doing, whatever makes you happy. And then, um, I mean, additional tasks or skills could be um, being good at video editing or Photoshop. That's probably a good one, but um, I'm not good at that. And that's why I have my best friend, the, the graphic designer who does that for me. So I guess uh, in the end, you just have to be good at drawing and then probably have a good circle of friends who can do other tasks for you that you're not good at because I, you can spread yourself thin and master all, well, not master, but do all of these tasks and skills but, but you can only learn so much. You only have so many hours in the day. So I guess if you want to be an artist, just focus on art, do that. And yeah, maybe find other people to do the rest for you. See, that's, <laughs> that's actually, no, that's actually a really good, I'm going to probably say this to every single answer you have, but this, that's actually a really good answer because again, and oh, this is funny, again, nobody else has said that because the idea of having a team behind you or even having you know, friends or other people you reach out to, to, to do stuff or, to, you know, collaborative colleagues, even, you know, that's actually something that people don't really talk about. And, or that's kind of a good point, actually, because like, I'm a, I'm a one man band and I'm very aware of, it can take a lot of time to do different things. And as an artist, you want to be creating. Um, and actually most of the artists I talk to would actually love to have a social media manager because most of them don't care about social media. They're just they're on it, obviously for, the promotion and marketing but in terms of social media itself that it goes above their heads um so the idea of collaborating with other people on skills that you're not particularly strong in is actually a really good suggestion and a really good idea and and how would you suggest going about finding people like that uh well luckily i have good friends who are in that field so um and you know my, my best friend she studied that and she needs work too so i'm supporting her she's supporting me um it's, it's it comes full circle and of course i could just learn um about photoshop but that takes time it's so complicated and also video editing i have no idea and it's also a big time waster especially yeah. when you're not good at it so um I'm, i just want to wake up in the morning and draw something and then you know be done Posting is fun too and in engaging on social media. I like that part. Just um, the whole editing part, I'm, I'm really not good at that. <laughs> and I can admit that and be like, well, I have friends who do that for me or with me. That's cool. Sometimes we share work or she teaches me things. That's, that's very cool. Well, that's great though, because you're learning and also kind of building yourself, you know, which is a great thing. <clears throat> and it's all for a good cause as well. Yeah, always um, someone once asked me why I do that. And I was like, well, I, I could learn to fix my own bike. and But but I could also support the local bike shop yeah. that also yeah. needs the money. And that has people that learned that and are skilled to do that, unlike me. So, yeah, it's, I think it's cool to support local people. Um, and especially in these days with the internet and stuff, Absolutely. it's probably not hard to find someone or connect connect with someone. But yeah, actually, I think that's a good idea. I think with an, with an, being an artist, it's, it's very much like, even now, I guess, it's very much like a lone wolf mentality. Like it seems yeah. like people very much want to be or kind of 
you see an artist and you assume that you know they're like a one-man band they do everything by themselves you know they're doing all the marketing they're doing all the art they're doing all the business they're doing you know yeah right even like all the photoshop and just everything that comes under it and most people do and well not most people but like a lot of people do and that's nothing wrong with that but i like this idea of collaboration because it leads to bigger kind of bigger rewards i guess and also not just that like your success is shared and i think that's quite nice as well yeah i think that's really interesting exactly especially since um you know with my best friend the graphic designer we we had art class together in school back then uh, back in the days in the school days uh, we we always loved working together, and it's it's. I'm so grateful that we can still work together now, basically as businesses or business partners. It's it's super cool. That's such a great idea. I think that's great. So, how as an artist do you define yourself without putting yourself into a box? Oh well, I guess I just, as I said, do what I want to do. <laughs> I don't like boxes or being put into them. Um, but at some point you have to, by saying, even by saying like, oh, I'm a pen and ink artist, you're putting yourself into a box. Yes and no, because, um, well, yeah, kind of. That's a tricky question. <laughs> but um, I guess I don't like to put myself into a box. What other people think I am, that, that's okay. That's their choice. They can assume whatever. Um, you know, I started drawing those circles. Yes, um, which we'll get into later. Yeah, I started those in 2019. Uh, basically, I just started those because I got a new compass and I was like, well, I'm just going to draw circles now. And right now, I'm pretty much the circle guy or the Jack Daniels guy, but that's nothing I ever said. It's just what people um, see and think it's my style or, well, yeah, I'm the circle guy now. But... And, and actually, is style important to you? <laughs> Not really. I I just I just think your style it, it comes to you. It's um it's kind of like your personality, you know. Um yeah, you just start drawing, your style evolves, and at some point you have your style. It it takes a while to find it, but it will come to you um at some point. But it's not really important to have a style uh, because everyone has one already, they just haven't found it yet. I like that a lot. And actually, every single time I do an interview, someone says something, I'm like, that's going to be the opening line. Um, <laughs> that might that might yeah, just be I yours. Think, I think style is overrated because I, I spent so many years just being like, what's my style? I have to find it. Is it like drawing Disney characters? Is that my style? Uh, well, it wasn't. <laughs> my style will evolve. Is this my style right now? Yeah, but... Will it be my style in 10 years? I don't know. I'm just going with the flow, living in the moment. Um, style is nothing you can really chase. It just comes to you. Yeah, you're actually, I like that. I like that. Like Style is almost something that other people put onto you. Then you put onto yourself. Yeah. Well, actually, I like that. That's a great idea. That's a great con con consideration. And actually, that makes me think about... So, okay. So the thing that I like about your work, obviously, you're probably aware I like your work, um, which is weird because I feel like... More. Keep talking. <laughs> no, so, the, so the thing I like about your work is that it's very very like I look at a lot of art as people can imagine and it's and I feel like I say this to everybody and I feel bad because I, I mean this all the time every single time I say it and it makes me feel like I don't mean it I do I so said your work is very very different from everybody's I've seen like because 
No, because, and obviously, you know, we've spoke, well, I said we've spoke, we've messaged, we've DM'd, I guess is the best way to say, like back and forth. And I think the interesting thing, I hate saying spoken, but we didn't speak, we're speaking now. The whole, the whole <laughs> internet language is just beyond me. Like, I know I'm not old yet, but I might as well be because internet is like, okay, right, whatever. Um, but yeah, I know we've, we've obviously spoken. I know we've spoken before. Um <laughs> And the, the the interesting thing about you is that your style, um, your style, quote unquote style, or like your the different kind of mediums you use, and kind of just the the themes you explore, they're very very varied, um, and they're really kind of they're just it's just fascinating. Your work is very fascinating, um, and I'll say that to everybody, and I actually mean it because I find art very fascinating. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't. But it's really fascinating because I was looking at obviously you can imagine, and as I said to you, I went back through our messages. And I went, I was looking back through your Instagram and your older work and particularly like your I self- know, I saw those likes. I was like, yeah, particularly your self-portraits. Liked, um, this post, I was like, that's a super old post. Oh shit, he's going to ask me a question about that. I am indeed, of course, absolutely. Because, um, and actually that's a really interesting thing about, okay, but that's a different conversation. Um, so one of the really interesting things that struck me was your self-portraits. So, and, and it's interesting because that's not what you do now. It's completely like worlds apart from what you do now. That's why I want to yeah, talk about see, it because that's interesting. Style, style is an illusion. Like I like self-portraits, but is that what I do now? No. Do I have a certain theme for my circles? No, I explore pretty much everything. Absolutely. So let's so, go back a little bit then. Yeah. Let's take a let's journey back. back in time. Um, so your self-portraits, what kind of initially inspired you to look at yourself within your work? Well, some might say I'm a bit of a narcissist and I, I, I love myself. I I don't know. I really like mirrors or anything reflective. That okay. sounds, <laughs> sounds super douchey, but um, I, I did because sometimes, um, you know, when you're having a tough time, what really helped me is just looking in the mirror, looking myself in the eyes and I just knew, okay, this guy, he can do it. Uh, it, it gave me strength for some reason. I don't really know, but... Um, I'm really good at calming myself down or giving myself power to go on even through like rough patches. So um, yeah, I, I, I just like mirrors, but I didn't realize it until um, we had the topic of self-portraits in um, art class and we had to draw ourselves a bunch. And then I just took my sketchbook everywhere and in 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 the city in some window, I was like, oh, gotta draw myself that's a really good reflection right there and yeah really explored that in different mediums like acrylic paint and uh pencils and charcoal and pens and lots and lots of self-portraits um the funny thing is if you'd ask people in art school they'd say oh yeah he would come in (laughs) and then if he if he didn't know what to do he would just take a mirror and draw himself that would be his like go-to default just Oh, I don't know what to do. I'm going to just draw myself. So, yeah, that's what I did for, I think, two years, two or three years. Yeah, that's really interesting because that makes me think about the idea of immortality and art. It's like those images will be there forever now because you've created them and they're online somewhere forever. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to live forever. <laughs> no, but like, but like that's the interesting about art um, is that art is timeless. And I think we forget that because we discern pieces as being old or new. But actually, your older work is just as relevant as your new work. Someone could find yourself portraits tomorrow. I, I looked at them today. 
and you did them how many years ago so there you go and you know i found i thought they were actually really interesting personally i thought they were quite cool um and i think that's really the kind of interesting thing about art is art is timeless and i think we forget that quite easily because yeah. you know like for instance like now you've moved completely away from that and it's not all what you do yet that's still a part of your journey but isn't it nice to just create something even with your podcast right here you're creating something one day you'll die we will all die one day but this will remain something just will stay here yeah that's true absolutely absolutely and it's it's why i think of social media as an archive rather and i said this in every single interview you probably haven't say this But I think of the Flying Fruit Bowl specifically as an archive, as opposed to looking at how many views I've got today or, or how many people listen to the podcast today, which I'll probably check anyway, because I'm silly like that. And I'd be like, oh, not that many. Um, rather than think of it like that and be like, oh, no, nobody listened to it or oh, nobody's viewed it or not that many people have viewed it. I'm like, okay, this is an archive. Someone will find this in five years' time. Someone will find Shout this. Shout out to no. all the people listening to this episode in the year 3000. We were here. <laughs> We survived the pandemic so far. <laughs> so far, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So far, for sure. Because um, who, like, honestly, at this point, who knows what is going to be around the corner from now? Because yeah, we survived the pandemic, but are we going to survive a recession? Let's find out. <laughs> um, you know, but you know, we're silly, silly, silly humans. We we think we're talking about the pandemic and that we we're surviving, and we're talking about. Uh, the recession and that at the same time we just cross the street and get hit by a bus and yes. none of that matters <laughs> yeah that's true actually that's, that's super interesting because i was actually just listening to just before this actually i'm still happy i'm still mostly through it it's like you a, did a lot right before this there's a long list yeah. of things oh, no. right I, had, before um, this. I was that's my day off i've literally just consumed stuff consumed stuff um <laughs> so i was listening to in a podcast artist decoded um and the guy was talking to jesse Drexler, who is an incredible artist i would love to interview him um and they were talking about age because they're like they're both like mid-30s and they're talking about age and they're talking about like the average age for them is like 80 so they're like not even halfway through their life yet they can get hit by a car tomorrow and it won't make any difference so it's like you need to make sure you're doing stuff that you're happy with it's it's a great it's a great interview i'll send a link to you because it's cool and i'll post it on my instagram because it's great but um Yeah. Okay. So let's get back to you because I've just gone on a complete tangent. Like, so actually, so this is a question I was going to ask you right at the end or closer to the end. But let me ask you now because why not throw everything out of order already? Perfect. Um, yeah, so not? what do you, so what do you actually like to do when you're not growing up? Um, taking walks, enjoying nature. Um, that's a really cheesy answer, but I actually, agree, you know, I'm from the I'm I'm from the Black Forest. Um, so it sounds like a fairy tale location, and it also looks like a fairy tale location. So um I, i like to take walks um possibly without my phone that's always a good sign i mean i like to listen to music or to podcasts but i also already do that while i'm drawing so sometimes it's just nice to hear nothing or just you know nature sounds um walking through a forest sitting down on, on some tree drunk uh, doing nothing staring at a lake That's what I like to do, what helps me to just calm down. That's really great that you're in nature and you're outside outside, and that you're not looking at a screen. Yeah, I, I couldn't be in a city. I, I just couldn't be. That's, you know, that's again being put into a box. That's being limited. That's I, um, a city. It's cool because you have a lot of possibilities, but at the same time, it's kind of like a golden cage. 
Whereas here I can look out of my window and there's nothing for a while, just green and forest. Uh, it's, it's nice, it's nice to look at and there's less distraction because I can't just go out to a store because we don't have a store in this oh, wow. little small village. <laughs> That's crazy because I'm looking at my window and it's literally just buildings. And I live on a main road, so you hear cars drive past all the time. You hear people being really loud, and it's like that's so weird that you're completely opposite. Let me see if I can turn you. Oh wow! Like oh wow! I'm actually really it's jealous. Just literally, it's, literally, it's just green. <laughs> that's it's weird. <laughs> it's weird though because obviously I've always lived in a city, and it's like. When you live in a city, you really want to be elsewhere. But when you're really elsewhere, sometimes you want to live in a city. It's it's weird. It's like a weird. Again, it comes back to that thing of like you want what you can't have. Yeah, you know? but like, I never wanted to live in a city. I've been to Paris, to London, to Berlin. I, I never really liked big cities, except for when I was in Australia. I loved Melbourne and Sydney, but I guess that's just because they have more space in general um, and you know, um, wider streets and um, gaps between buildings just because they have the actual space yeah. to make everything more spacious and it feels more free. And it feels like I can breathe more than when I'm in Berlin. Yeah, absolutely. Like if you go somewhere like London, it's like buildings on top of buildings on top of buildings and it's like, it's a bit much. Like absolutely. Yeah, I, I, think, I really yeah. don't like that. That would totally kill my inspiration. <laughs> Some people thrive off that. Like some people really like that, and I think that's that's just as interesting. It's just as interesting, I think, because I think yeah. you know your environment affects the way you create your work, particularly if you're an artist totally. of some sort. And I think that's that's what kind of makes you, because where you live is is such a a key influence on yourself and your personality. I think that's it's something people probably don't think about often, unless you're creating work specifically about your environment. And and actually, would you ever create more landscape based work? No, I'm I'm really not good with landscapes. <laughs> really not good. Um, <laughs> just yeah, no. <laughs> because and actually, so I, this is probably I'll probably keep this bit in actually because <coughs> why not? Uh, but the oh, funny really? thing is, so so the funny thing is, is that I actually had quite a so I've recorded your intro already, um, but I actually had quite oh, a hard time. Yeah. That's the thing. So I actually had quite a hard time figuring out what to say about you and your work because your work is quite hard to pin down because you don't do like you're not a portrait painter or you're not a landscape painter or you're not abstract or you're not. So you're not, you're very hard to pin down, which I think is a great thing. Yeah, also, me too. But it's also, <laughs> it's so strange. I think, I think I just said, I can't quite remember. I wrote it down because I always have to write down because I have to have a script in front of me when I talk because I'll forget otherwise, like now. Um, but I think I just said that you create highly detailed pen and ink drawings about a variety of, of mediums and themes. I think I said something really, really vague. Um, <laughs> See, that's perfect. I love to be mysterious and really, really vague. And actually, that's, so that's something I want to talk to you about in terms of like, so yeah, I guess I probably just actually answered the question for you and or just pretty much gave you the question. But like, do you ever worry that your art might be too all-encompassing? Sorry, what? Do, so, all-encompassing so do you worry that like your art isn't fixed enough for people to really understand what it's about um no not at all I, I never worried about that I never even thought about it until you mentioned it right now and now I'm like is that a thing should I worry about this but no I, I can't really be bothered because I 
you know, I just want to do what I want to do. And with the circles, I found um, a perfect outlet for just drawing um, cool things, adding a nice quote. Um, I have little sub series in the circle series um, so I can probably speak to a wider audience. That's what I'm thinking. And some people like some circles better and others don't like those circles. It's okay, so let's talk about okay, so let's talk about your circle series. That's probably a nice segue let's into that. Actually. Let's do it. So so where did the idea come from? And how did you decide upon, you know, kind of like the structure of it, I guess is the best way to ask. Uh it's it's actually really random. Um I'd love to have an answer that it was everything was planned from the beginning. It, it wasn't. Um I always loved doing Inktober. And for Inktober in the year 2019, I thought um, I want to have something special that connects all, all the pictures in the series that when people look at my account, they see, oh, it's not the only thing. Um, there are 31 drawings of that. So I was like, okay, maybe I'm gonna add um, a nice frame to tie them all together, connect them somehow. Uh, and <laughs> I just recently before that bought a new compass and I, I didn't own one before all the circles I drew before like not in the circle series but whenever I needed to draw a circle I just used Tupperware that's a life hack uh -huh. for all of you out there just use Tupperware wow. and draw circles that's great and then um you know for Inktober 2019 I just invested in a in a compass and I was like what am I going to do to tie all these pieces together? And I was staring at my compass and I was like, well, this seems like a nice excuse to finally use my compass for the first time. So it was completely random. Um, you can see that the first, first few circles, they don't even have a text, um, like the motivational quote or, well, the quote, uh, they don't have that. They're just circles with a drawing inside. And the drawing for the first few ones only took me 30 minutes because I was also um, working a full-time job at that point. Um, whereas now I have fixed circle sizes and a nice quote and I really think about them and one circle takes me five to six hours to complete. So it has really evolved, but it started from just a random idea really. <laughs> and where did the idea of using quotes and words come from? Because that's really fascinating. Uh, I just, what I don't like about art museums and stuff is when they tell you everything about a painting. You know, it was painted then, um, the artist was not well at the time, that's why it looks so depressing. And, you know, they, they tell you everything and it just takes away the magic. Um, <laughs> and with a quote, you don't really say anything about the drawing, but um, you might make people think. Uh, I also started drawing a few circles that, um, are related to mental health or talk about mental health. Um, that's one of the sub-series. And I think it's so important that some people who maybe aren't well look at these circles and read the quote and can really look at um, the circle at the drawing with from a different point of view. You know, like I can kind of make people see what I see by using that quote but I'm not taking away too much. I'm not telling too much. I just make people think in the same direction I, I want them to think. I can guide them somehow. Yeah, I like that. And I like that cycles are almost like windows 
so it always becomes like a window into kind of like the idea that's so nice nicely said i might use that <laughs> oh yeah um that's genuinely the nicest thing someone has said about my circles that they are just like windows because yeah. that itself is like a mysterious quote the circles are like windows and you're like guiding me in the right direction but you're not really telling me what that means yeah but, but it's it's super cool super inspirational i might use that for a future circle tag me if you do that'd be awesome um i, and not just, I think that's i think that's really kind of the, the fascinating thing about your work okay so wait the question i should before i say this so how do you choose the quotes it's Mm, it's it's pretty random too like you know i'm still following um the incopa prompt words so for example i have the word fish and then i have to draw something so oh um, yeah of course yeah um yeah i'm the prompt word is fish and then i'm like i'm looking up um photos of of fish and i'm like what, what am i gonna draw or is it really gonna be a fish can i do a pun whatever and then while I'm drawing it for those five or six hours, I'm like, is there a good song that somehow involves a fish or the ocean or something cryptic? And yeah, then I just always come up with something. Oh, like most of the times I'm like, I'm not going to find a nice quote for this one. And then I always do. I don't know how I do it. Honestly. So, do you, so do you just make them up? No, I don't make them up. Oh. I do like... <laughs> like research into them yeah i put some research into them um they're oh. famous quotes or um lyrics song lyrics a lot of the time uh and it's it's always like a little hidden easter egg because some people know the quote and others don't um it's it's a playful thing really <laughs> that's that's super interesting for two reasons one because I'm always really interested in the idea of words and images. You tie them together because the image doesn't denote the word and the word doesn't denote the image. It's kind of like you have to really work to figure out what they mean and, and why this particular lyric or this particular quote refers to the image or does it even refer to the image? It probably doesn't even do that. It's just, it's, it's, it's just another layer of mystery. And the second thing is that it makes means that people are more engaged with the work because they have to look at it for longer because they have to read it longer and they have to read the image and the words. So um, yeah, that's super interesting. And it reminds me of a really, 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 really great makeup artist called um, Esther Romano, who I interviewed, not audio, I did a written interview with her not that long ago. Such a bad plug, but okay, it's cool. I can do it. Um, <laughs> hey, I did it. I should actually plug my own stuff that I'm doing. So I did an interview with her and what she does is that she does makeup based on, say for instance, like an album cover and she'll quote the album cover and she'll have the makeup next to it. And it's just it's such an interesting idea, <laughs> this idea of quoting your references, you know, rather than just being like, oh, this is my work. It's so cool and original. No one's ever done it before. It's going, oh, actually, look at this. This is where I got the idea from. This is my interpretation of it. And actually, question for you then, is originality important to you? Yes, it is. Um, but I guess I'm, I'm nailing that anyway, by just doing what I want to do, you know, also with the candle wax art. Um, I think I'm already pretty original with what I do just because um, I do what I want to. And it's not really that inspired by others or like, uh, like I'm copying them. I, um, I do have like loose inspirations, but I never really just 
you know, some artists just copy or steal from other artists that um, I really dislike. And I don't know why you do that because I bet their style is just equally beautiful. They just have to work on it and practice and, and get better. And, you know, in quotes, find their style. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Or, Absolutely. Yeah. But, but so being original is, yeah, I think it's pretty important, especially if you want to be authentic. I mean, you can't live a fake life forever, especially on the internet. That has to be challenged, I must say. <laughs> Just about the society we live in a minute, at the minute, I think <laughs> you probably can live it forever. Um, I think. That's, that's the interesting thing about your work is I would 100% agree with that. I think your work is very original because it, as I said earlier, it's really hard Thank to pin you. down. I did everything right. <laughs> and I, I actually, so I have a question here and it says, and I wrote it and I put it down and I kind of thought like, should I ask you? Because it kind of doesn't actually, it doesn't really apply to you. And the question is, do you like being compared to the artists? But the interesting thing for me is that like, there is nobody, I'd, they're really, and like generally, there is nobody else I can compare you with. You are really great at giving compliments, and I enjoy every second of it. <laughs> I know, I know, like, like genuinely being serious, like not just because I'm talking to you, like genuinely being serious. But there is no one else I can reference you to. Yeah, okay, there are other, like, quote unquote, pen and ink artists I could, I'm sure I could reference you to. So there's no one I can, I can really compare you to, um, and I think that's really interesting because obviously most artists I talk to or most art that I just see, you can always find some kind of triangulation. There's always someone you can reference to. Like, you know, Edward Hopper, for instance, is the perfect example of, there's a lot of people I can reference to. You know Edward Hopper, right? Yeah. I'm just, just in case you didn't, just, I'm making sure, just in case, because that would have been really embarrassing if you didn't. Um, Thanks for checking on me. <laughs> that's fine. Just, just in case I, I ramble on about Edward Hopper and you're like, yeah, 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 with no idea who he is. And if, and if, if anyone listening doesn't know who Edward Hopper is, pause this right now and go look up his work and then and pause it and listen to this. Or actually listen to this whilst looking at his work. Um, <laughs> so like Edward Hopper is like a great triangulation point for a lot of artists. You see a lot of his influence and a lot of art. I think it's interesting that I don't see anyone's influence in your art. I think that's kind of, in a way, it's almost strange. It, I, well, I've never really been compared to anyone, but, um, you know, my, my big inspiration for, for going big with pen and ink drawings is hands down CJ Henry. You might know her. I do not. You do not. No. <laughs> Shame on you. Shame. I can't. Shame. Shame. <laughs> I can't know everybody. <laughs> Yeah, but she's she's amazing. She's really um, I I love her art so much. Um, we even texted one on Instagram, and she told me, "You go," and I, I printed that out. I took a screenshot. I printed that out. I have it framed. Oh <laughs> like wow! She's, no, that's great. That's she, great. She's amazing. She used to do these huge, and I mean really, really huge um, pen and ink drawings. Uh, right now she's working with colored pencils instead and it's just as stunning she's so good at realism and hyper realism and you know I was drawing the circles when I was like maybe I could go bigger than just a five and yeah so I did the the, the Seth portrait with the flowers yes you might have seen that one I've definitely saw I did that, that and I, I sent it to CJ Henry <clears throat> and she was like that's so cool and um I didn't know she was going to see it or respond. Um, it was surreal. I love that. So she will be my forever inspiration um, because she's such a cool artist. Um, yeah, you should really look her up. Send me a link and I'll look her up. I'll probably invite her to the Flying Football because I literally, 
the amount of emails and the amount of art, great art I see every single day. Yeah, I will. If you ever interview her, I will be your co-host. I will. Yeah, be li- literally, send me send me her, her Instagram, um, and I will tell you. I will send. Literally, send me a later, and I'll email her tomorrow. I'm not working tomorrow, so I've got plenty of time to email people. Um, I send it to me now. Oh yeah, <laughs> this oh, can't man. wait. You, I you have cool. to see. Like I know, let me have a look. <laughs> you also, sure she has like she has like half a million followers oh you know so okay so that's a pretty funny thing is that like when i email artists for the fine fruit ball i never look at their follow account because i don't care about the follow account like i don't care how many followers you have all i care is if your work's good like uh-huh. truly that's, that's all nice. i care about ah you know what i tell a slight lie i'm pretty sure that she did a podcast not a lot she featured on a podcast not that long ago with either artist decoded or that's, pre- yeah. that's very possible she's been I'm on pretty sure podcasts. I'm pretty sure she was an artist decoded not that long ago and I started listening to it and then I just kind of slightly got bored um, <laughs> um <laughs> oops and um <laughs> okay you know what I'm gonna um add her to my saved posts which is like probably bordering on a couple thousand at this moment in time um so how has COVID-19 affected you and your practice it's been great no um uh, it it really has been like it's been really shitty i mean everyone just wants this to be over um especially since i in the beginning i still work my full-time job in a nursery home i saw people die um people in in pain um it's been horrible in, in that regard i mean it's a global pandemic it it is horrible um, also, my mom had COVID at some point. Um, she's better now again, but uh, that was a big scare. So um, I don't want anyone to get me wrong. COVID is terrible, and we all have to work together to to end this once and for all. But for my career, personally, um, I started being a full-time artist during COVID. And to be honest, especially during lockdowns, what do people do? They just look at their phones. They're at home. It's it's lockdown. Um, they browse Instagram. And I saw that my engagement rates just spiked because a lot of people were at home looking at their phones where I uploaded pictures. Um, so I was fine, especially uh, with just being at home. Um, since I started being a full-time artist, uh, not being in a nursery home, that was nice. Being at home, drawing all day, I had no problem with that. I think that's the big um, advantage for artists that they just they probably would have been at home or in um, their art studio anyway anyway creating art and for everyone creating online I think it has been a good year as long as you still had the power and the inspiration to create yeah I thought it's really amazing that you had the motivation to do that as opposed to just sit at home and be like, okay, I'm just going to browse cat videos for, you know, nine months. You're like, you know, let's utilize this time. I think it gave a lot of people a lot of time to do stuff that they wouldn't have otherwise had. And I think it's good that you utilized it. Um, and actually, that's, that's, you know, that's quite a, that's quite a, an amazing thing that you actually kind of just jumped in feet first and was like, okay, let's just go full time during the lockdown where everything is so uncertain and you have no idea if it's going to work out. And it's like, you have no backup plan. I'm assuming you have a backup plan. (laughs) Well, I mean, being an artist is always uncertain. So um, it's as good a time as any, I guess, to just 
jump in and try to to make this work follow your dreams and as i told you i, I just live in the moment i just I didn't think about where will I be in one year. I was like, okay, maybe I'm going to try full-time art um, for like three years. And if I made it, I made it. And if I didn't, well, at least I tried. And I, I, I know that I tried my best. So I just started creating and did that. So, so what do you think about artists who actually do have a career plan? Do you think that's a good idea? Or is that just like, yeah, it's a good idea, but it's not something you're interested in? No, I think it's it's a good idea. Um, I think it really depends on your personality. I think uh, whenever I make a plan, I usually just trash it and uh, improvise because I'm I'm that um, impulsive, spontaneous kind of guy when it comes to art. So I'm like, I'm gonna do that, but my plan could change next week or next month. I don't really know, but. If you're a person who, who needs a plan, especially if you start to be a full-time artist and you just um, you just have to work, you're, you have to be your own boss. You know, you have to set, I'm, I'm sure you know, um, you're at home. You could just watch cat videos or you could work, but how do you make yourself work even if you don't feel like it? If you have a, you know, a, a real job, you just have to go there. You have headaches. No one cares. You have to go to your job. Well, you're at home and you're an artist and you have a headache. Well, maybe I'm not going to draw today. No, you have to do that anyway. And I fortunately have that willpower to to do that and, and um, create anyway. But for a lot of people, I think it's better to have a plan and um, have set work hours. Uh, I guess that helps a lot. You know, that's very admirable. I think it's very admirable that you have that because I think so many people don't have that 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 willpower to be able to just to get on with stuff because I think it's it's hard you know we live in a society of distraction you know yeah but, you know that, yeah like the way society and uh, the way society is 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 you know we, we live in like you know attention is one of the most valuable commodities there is at this moment in time so I think for you to be able to you know get off your phone for a starter. And just sit down and do something physical and draw. I think you know, even that stuff, even the act of creating something that's physical in the real world. I think that's really amazing because I think I, maybe some, maybe it's just me being you know an outsider to it all. I guess, um, but there's something amazing about that. You're creating something that you can physically hold, that you physically have in your hand. It's not done through a screen. It's not done through anybody else's help and guidance. You've created it yourself. Um, and I think that's to be admired. Um, that was maybe that's why I hate editing so much because it's just yeah, on maybe. the screen and it's nothing I can like, really hold. Um, that's maybe. Uh, I heard in your other episodes that you asked about digital art. I, yes. I used to do that back in, I don't know, 2013, <coughs> 2014, but I quickly realized that it's just not for me um, because I just need... I need to touch paper. I need to feel it. I, I or a canvas, anything. Just I need something real. I also have um, an ebook reader, yeah. but I it, it's it's pretty cool, but it's not as cool as holding a real book. Like whenever yeah. I really want to have that feeling of reading, I still have a real book in my hand. Yeah, because you can you can touch the paper. You can smell the paper. It's a whole new experience. 
So do you think your this is a question I was going to ask you later, but now's a good time. But so do you think your work translates well online? Online? Yeah. What do you mean? So do you think your work translates well online? Like the details, the texture, the size? Um, yeah. A lot better since I have that graphic designer on my team <laughs> because she manages to get all those details just popping. Um yeah, but but um you know, pen and ink art, I think it always translates well for like online art, the candle wax art. Well, since it's so textured, you know, you basically um, having drips of candle wax and touching that texture is amazing. And you can never feel that online, but for pen and ink art, I think it's it's all right. It's, it's pretty good. Actually, let's talk about that. Actually, your candle wax app, because it's, super interesting and you have a second account which just got like three posts yes <laughs> so let's talk about that like why does it only have three posts and not just that like why do you have a second account <laughs> well i had it on my first account but i guess um you know my tagline is how colorful is your life on a scale from black to white yeah. and it first of all it didn't fit that tagline and it also didn't fit into my feed I, I posted that first candle wax piece with the, with the umbrella. Um, the super colorful one, I posted that and it didn't get any engagement at all. Well, it did, but it performed poorly. And then I uploaded a video of that same page and it also performed poorly. I guess people just saw it in their feed and didn't realize it was me because it was so extremely different that they just skipped it. Like my usual usual followers who would comment, um, maybe they didn't like it, but maybe they also just didn't realize it was me. So I decided, okay, this is so different. Uh, I want this to be its own thing. And also, um, excuse me, we were talking about um, artists being um, a, a business earlier. And I feel like pen and ink art, it's, it's so strict with all the cross-hatching and all the details. And it's, it's, it's really fine work. Uh, but for, for candle wax, it's way more playful. Uh, it's, it's not even about the finished result. It's more about um, the process, which is why for that candle wax account, I can maybe post more videos of, of how, how I did that. Um, you know, just lighting a candle, uh, having hot candle wax dripping onto a big canvas. That's so cool to watch. Honestly, I'd, I'd watch that all day. Um, I Googled it, by the way. I haven't found anyone else who do, who does that. So, um, yeah, I, I just, I, I love this as a more playful, more colorful, I guess, vacation from the pen and ink art account. So, so it kind of works out. So, what led you to, to I, already, I already know the answer to this question because I asked you, but what led you to creating, to using candle wax as a medium? Well, um, the artist Jezza um, once had this challenge of the month theme that was um, unconventional art materials or something like that, where um, you could participate when you um, uploaded the video of you using something that you wouldn't traditionally use for art. And I was like, I don't know why my mind went straight to fire and destruction and candles, but it went there and I was like, okay, let's go with that. <laughs> and then I bought some cheap candles and a small canvas and I tried it and 
it didn't look that good. I just realized that the, the blobs of the candles, um, it, it shows a canvas that was too small, small for that kind of medium. But I was like, well, the colors are kind of nice because I, I didn't know if, um, if colored candles would keep the color once they're burned. I was like, do they just turn white? Do they stay black or brown or green? It's something you never think about. I actually went into the store and I was like, do these keep their color when they're burned? They were like, kid, I just work here. I have no idea. <laughs> no one has ever asked me that. And I was like, okay, I'm going to take 20 of these. And thankfully it worked. And <laughs> yeah, that's that's how that started. And then one year later, I was like, I want to try this again, but like on 70 by 100 centimeters on a, on a big, big piece of paper and it, it worked. So yeah. So that's the first thing about that is that you're going to be a story that someone's going to tell. This weird guy came into the store one day. <laughs> because as somebody as somebody who works into retail, if someone came up to me and said that, and that was my response, that I'll be telling my coworkers the next day. <laughs> yeah. No, I, the coworker was right <laughs> next to him. I think he was trying not to laugh or rolling his eyes. I'm not sure. Okay. But, uh, you know, I really thought about the, the first painting, well, painting, the, the first um, artwork didn't, didn't look that good but I really thought about just going back there and it was like I created this with your candles and you were no help but thanks anyway <laughs> for the great candles you know I, wanna, I don't want to be rude to retail people <laughs> no don't be no one should be rude to retail like, no 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 they shouldn't be like I no work in retail don't be rude to retail oh you do workers. I do yeah I work oh, in a hardware yeah. I work in a hardware store um, oh thank god I said the right thing I don't care even if you didn't honestly the, the, the way customers act you're like <laughs> I'm just like you have to dress yourself this morning how did you manage to do that you know it's like people are just people. Are, when I say know, people are strange that's the thing about um, why I told you I, I just like to be free and I do my own thing yeah. and I just don't care like I feel like a lot of people would be embarrassed to ask something like that which is yeah quietly buy the candles or maybe not try it at all because they weren't sure and didn't want to waste money um i just just did that but then i was like i don't know that sorry excuse me retail person i I've... Yeah, <laughs> do no, they skip I've... their color or <laughs> i mean to be fair i've had people ask me like random questions i'm just like are you okay but then again but yeah, I actually but then again I actually the but you are so hilariously, and I'm going to cut this out, but like now you said that, that actually does make me think. Actually, maybe just, if that's the way you are, just because that's the way you are, maybe that is just that way because that's just how they are, actually. So actually, now I think I'm going to be a little bit more considerate when somebody does ask me a question rather than be like, oh, that's just weird. They'd be like, okay, so they're obviously asking for a reason. So actually, thank you very much. And that's like, sincerely, thank you very much. That's actually a good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah, you should leave that in for everyone working in retail and everyone buying stuff. So basically, everyone, <laughs> everyone, everyone should listen to this. <laughs> but yeah, but like that's a good point actually because it's easy. Like you know, I I also yeah. added um, I need these for art, and they were like, okay, like it I didn't make it better. I think <laughs> I think I confused them more, but probably. I mean, that yeah, probably. But anyway, getting back to the actual image, so. How did you decide what image you were going to create with the candles? Though? Um, I, I immediately thought, well, first of all, 
back then for the challenge of the month um, hosted by Jazza, I did a self-portrait because that's what I did back then. Yeah. Um, it was not ideal. It was not the right thing to do. I also did it with like a monochrome uh, limited palette of only flashy tones because it was, yeah, uh, I think it was only black, white, and some some browns. Like not the best choice to go about this. But um, I made a mistake and I learned from it. Um, so the next time I was like, I need something I can use all these colors for. So I went with a, um, a, a cityscape um, with some rain and some guy with a colorful umbrella. And I was like, that's perfect. Especially since, you know, rain, um, it, it works very well with um, the, the drops of candle wax. Absolutely. It kind of looks like it's, it's raining on, on um, the actual artwork. Your work is mainly monochrome. Is there a particular reason for that? Um, okay. Um, not really, I guess. Um, you know, that's just what pen and ink art is about. Just mainly black and white. I have, I have colored fine liners, but I barely use them because they just don't look good. And even if, uh, even, even in my um, latest cooperation with Jack Daniels, um, I used some color, but they kind of pushed me out of my comfort zone to work with colors. They were like, for this one part, we would like some splashes of color. And I was like, well, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'm your guy because I'm, I'm that black and white guy. So I, I don't feel comfortable doing that for um, a cooperation. Um, they were like, but would you, would you consider it? Could you maybe do it? And I was like, I guess I could step out of my comfort zone and try it, Absolutely. but you've been warned. Like it, it could turn out to look really shitty. I'm just warning you. Um, this is the warning. No, I will try. And I somehow aced it. But, no, and um, you did a, a fantastic job. A fantastic thank job. Thank you. Like you really, like you yeah, really did. You know, without them, I'm, I'm really thankful that I told them like without them, I wouldn't have tried it. Um, because they really kind of, you you know, in a nice way, they're amazing people. Um, it was awesome to work with them. They just encouraged me to to try that, and uh, yeah, then then I did, and it, it felt good. It was fun. Um, I failed a few times in the beginning because um, just colored pencils they're so different to just using pen and ink. So um, yeah, it was a challenge. But um, now that I tried it, I, I want to do more of that. Not in the near future, nothing is planned, but um, I want to experiment more with that. So you recently did a collaboration with the, the brand Jack Daniels. Could you uh, talk a little bit about how that came about and um, how it challenged you as opposed to your other series in the ways that your other series haven't? Yeah, it's, it's still so surreal to me. Um, I just wanted to start a new series um, next to you know the circles. Um, so I was like, what can I draw um, that hasn't been done before? I was like, maybe um, watches like a pocket watch, um, stuff like that. I was brainstorming, and eventually I was like, well, I've always liked like you know soda cans, like the good old Coca Cola cans, stuff like that. Um, it's like I want to make a series with that. Um, but to make it my own, I'm gonna not use any stock photos or um, commercially used photos. I'm just gonna 
find my own cans and crush them, uh, take my own photos of them, edit them myself. Uh, so they're completely my own. So I don't have any, you know, copyright infringement. Um, then I drew that. And the first can I drew was uh, a Jack Daniels can. And I kind of, as a joke, said in my Instagram story, hey, guys, this is my new post. Can we maybe tag Jack Daniels in the comments? And um, well, they did. They did come wow. a lot. <laughs> Before I knew it, I had like 140 or 150, I don't even remember, um, comments. Everyone tagging Jack Daniels. Uh, and yeah, I guess they noticed all that spamming. <laughs> because yeah, I was so proud of my followers, my my community for um, achieving that, because I was like, it would be so cool. I, I spent um, 65 hours on this crushed can. Um, I'm a big fan of their design. It would be so cool if they saw that. And they really helped me out there without all these comments, without my followers, I wouldn't have gotten that deal. Um, so yeah, they, they saw that, they contacted me, we, we texted and again, as a joke, I told them, you know, um, I told Jack Daniels, you know, if you ever need an artist, um, you can always <laughs> text me. I was like, whoa, that sounded so douchey and, and cocky and I'm sure they're never gonna call back. I just, you know, <laughs> sometimes I'm, I'm so impulsive. I just, uh, I just do stuff like that. And then after I do it, I'm like, well, that was kind of stupid or reckless. But one one month later, they actually contacted me again, like, hey, can we call you? We would like to um, wow. to work with you um, if you're interested. And I was like, of course I'm interested. I'm, I'm super interested. And yeah, that first phone call, it felt surreal. And then they told me about the relaunch of their new design, like all the cans are getting new designs. Um, would you like to join that project? Um, you can't tell anyone about this because, you know, the relaunch of the new design is supposed so. to be a surprise. Um, uh, yeah, that's how that whole thing happened. <laughs> that's amazing, though. And also, that's really cool because you just put yourself out there. I did. I really did. <laughs> and always as, you know, a kind of a joke. Like yeah. I never really meant to achieve all that, but then I did, and I don't think I, I really realize it. S still, to this day, um, I think it's gonna take a few more months. I worked with them for for six months. We had um, regular um, update calls. We talked about the project, what we're gonna do, um, what, what I've done. We we talked about that. Um, we kind of became friends in that group, but yeah, still, after those six months, I still can't realize this whole thing happened. And, uh, it's yeah, really, really surreal. See, I think it's amazing because it just shows that you just have to take a chance. Because you, and you've got nothing to lose by having sent that message. You had nothing to lose. No, no, that's that's what I tell people. Like um, other artists, like friends of mine, they they've been contacted by brands or noticed um and i'm like well just just text them text them that you you could work with them if they wanted to just just do it they were like no i don't want to bother them i don't want to waste their time uh, it's, yeah i always think it's it's a dumb move because it worked for me so it can work for everyone like, why not the worst they can say is no thanks yes that's so true that's 
so true. you're already in their dms you can you they they see your messages they see what you write so you might as well use that i agree you know that's the kind of the whole point of social media is to be sociable exactly yeah it's in the name you know so it is you know so and, i think you know that's that's another part of um you asked me earlier about social media is it bad is it is it good i think if you use it like that to its like fullest potential it's it can be so good for you because without instagram i, I wouldn't have contacted jake daniels i mean how i would have done absolutely that. i mean we wouldn't be talking right now so exactly you know. exactly so <laughs> You know, that's, you know, it, it it has a lot of good points, and I think I've said this many times, and you're you're here this many times, and and people have heard this many times. But like, I'm always a bit, oh, I don't like social media. Although my mind's changed a lot recently, but I'm always a bit like, oh, I don't like social media. Oh, I think you know it's not great, but actually, it's just as you said earlier, it's about how you use it. You know, if you're following yeah. just if you're just following celebrities and making yourself feel terrible because you don't have the latest thing, then I think it's not helpful to you. But if you're building a community of like-minded individuals that are inspiring you to do more, that can only be a good thing. Um, and I think if there's one thing that I've learned by talking to artists so far is community is so important. It's so important. It is. And actually, that leads me to a question I was going to ask you later, but I'll ask you now, which is a catchphrase in every single interview and probably many times with this one is, so do you feel like you belong to a, an art community, to a wider art community? Uh, that's... That's a great question, actually, because um, I always love to to not belong to anything. Um, because you know, as I said earlier, as as an artist, um, you're often an outcast or a disappointment or whatever. You you get told that you are that, so you're kind of a misfit. Even in school, like like you're probably not a cool kid when you're an artist in school. <laughs> I think probably but, now you probably uh, are. Yeah, exactly. But you have to be yeah. brave to do that. So yeah, um, yeah. yeah. That's back the, to the yeah. question about um, art communities. I, especially with my circles, when I talk about mental health, or um, I'm very transparent like that. Like, yeah, sure, we've all struggled struggle with that, and um, a lot of people actually have. Uh, messaged me like people I don't know like people from I don't know Brazil or India and they're like I'm going through a rough time right now and this circle has helped me just that someone uh, draws this nice image and has this nice quote that makes me think about it and it, it's not all that bad and it really helped me and that always warms my heart and it makes me think that you know it's it's all worth it I have to create more circles because some people are looking forward to, uh, I don't know, daily uploads or regular uploads to to get themselves through the day to, to get some inspiration, some power, and that's so nice. So what I will always uh, like to say is that I have a little community of misfits. Um, I like that. Because I don't, I don't want to be a part of anything, anything cool or um, some hierarchy. I want to be, you know, I might be a misfit, but other people are too. And I think most people are when we don't have our mask on or pretend to be someone we're not. So I just want to have this community of followers who are just misfits. And, you know, we can be, uh, yeah, a, a group and community of people who are just that and don't pretend to be anything more or less. 
And why do you think? No, you said that actually. And why do you think that that the art is quite a good, um, I guess, medium for people who feel that way? Um, I think everything creative really is. I mean, we've all been there when we feel bad and listen to that one sad song on repeat. Uh, I mean, yeah. music can really touch people and so can art or artists. When your favorite artist, when you really look up to someone and they, they post something, if it's a drawing or a photography, it, it doesn't really matter. It can really inspire you and get you out of a bad zone, out of a bad place and make you maybe create again. That concludes the first part of our interview with Brian Dean Haas. Thank you very much for listening. If you have any questions or comments about it, please send me an email at theflyingfruitball at gmail.com or via social media sites such as Instagram. The Flying Fruit Bowl audio interviews can be found on a variety of sites such as Apple Music, YouTube, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to support the platform, please consider subscribing, sharing, rating, or reviewing on any of those platforms. Also, don't forget to check out theflyingfruitball.co.uk for daily art inspiration. And if you're a creative, please get in touch for a chance to be featured or interviewed. We always accept submissions on our website. I love finding new art to share. Once again, thank you very much for listening. And until next time, folks, please stay safe.